Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay. You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. You can also download it at any time from Webmaster Radio's Search Engine Optimization Channel or stream it from SEMSynergy.com. Uh, it's always there. Send in emails. We're looking for them. Today we're going to start off the show with a special treat. I have Kevin Ryan here in my offices. He's the Vice President and Global Content Director for Search Engine Strategies and Search Engine Watch. Uh, he's here visiting the office. I think he got lost on his way uh, out of New York or something, got on the wrong plane. It's great to have you here, Kevin. Well, thank you. No, I, I actually go to JFK, and I just say I need a ticket to Bruce Clay. And they they know. I don't know how it works, but American Airlines, you must have done some nice work for them. Well, uh, you know, I actually uh, have never done work with American Airlines. I think I normally fly JetBlue, but uh, – Hey, it got you here. Absolutely. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, we just finished up San Jose, and uh, obviously there was a, a, a gaggle of people there. I think it was a pretty exciting conference. I always love San Jose. Parties are great, uh, including ours. <coughs> plug, plug. But I thought I would uh, – hey, how'd it go for you? Uh, you know, it's it. You know, I made I joke often about uh, you know having to be medicated during these events, but I mean the reality is that it's it's mentally and physically exhausting, and uh, you spend a good solid week just kind of recovering. And it's, you know, one of the reasons I came out here, it's like you you, you can't relax in New York City; it's just not possible. Um, so I mean, we uh, we saw an increase over last year's uh, total number of folks at the show. Uh, which was good, I think, uh, primarily because of the terrible situation or the media's perpetuation of a terrible economy, um, I, I think is pretty solid for us. I think that what we're seeing is maybe uh, a lot of industries are being impacted, brick and mortar being impacted. A lot of money is switching to the web, and, and what it's done is it's sort of propagated uh, the i got to be online mentality. Definitely, definitely got to be online, and and I need to be uh, I need to be doing stuff that's going to make me money now, yeah. uh, which is fine. I mean, that's it's great to be in the in the type of environment where you can say, okay, we want to make X, we can lose X dollars the first year, the second year, the third year, but we need to be profitable by year five. Now all of that is gone. It's we need to be profitable now. Yeah, and I think online is the way it's going. How is this uh, influencing what you're doing? Your next show is Chicago. Next show in Chicago, actually, there's a lot of really exciting stuff uh, planned for Chicago. We opened up the speaker proposals uh, last week, uh, so uh, anybody is welcome to obviously submit to any speaker proposal. Uh, and the dates are on the SES blog. Uh, I've got some exciting surprises planned that we'll be announcing in the next couple of weeks for Chicago. Uh, but uh, very much looking forward to it. You know, San Jose was, is is always the 
granddaddy of, of the, the, the technology end of search, much more focused on that. Uh, New York is always the media, and Chicago is the transactional or the retail, just because of the nature of, of the Midwestern or the, uh, depending on where you live, the flyover states. Um, there's just a, there's a lot of folks there that are conducting business online. One of the things that historically it happened is a lot of the sessions from San Jose were repeated in Chicago and New York, uh, basically the successful session, certainly. Are you looking then to mix them up in each city, or is no, there going to be some rollover of the successful sessions? I'm taking all the really popular sessions and throwing them out, and I'm going to have all of the crap sessions that no one went to. I think there were two. There were actually there were everything like ninety nine percent of the sessions was just super awesome. <laughs> I mean, what else am I going to say? Um, no, that's exactly what we do when we're looking at. I mean, the the reality of our our conference business is that the most of the attendees, um, not the loudmouth minority uh, anonymous thuggish blogger, um, the the delegates are within two hundred and fifty miles of the location. So if something's really popular. Uh, and it was new, uh, you know, we're going to bring it back to Chicago, obviously. Um, we may, I may change it up and put some new speakers in there. And people ask why you do that. Like, people get to be really good and into a rhythm with the same speakers on the panel, and they've just been doing it for years. And, and it's nothing personal. It's just when, when people get that close to one another... Um, they start telling me inside jokes and that sort of thing, and I was I was actually criticized for doing that uh, in San Jose. So I mean, it's something I have to be aware of too. Well, I think that uh, part of it is you get comfortable with the audience, and personality creeps in, and and not everybody who knows you uh, will uh, understand that that's what's actually creeping in. Sure, sure. Uh, the other thing is you're doing webcasts, aren't you? We're doing a bunch of them. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, we're, they're starting off. Don't ask me when, uh, but uh, <laughs> you can check the uh, Search Engine Watch and uh, Search Engine Strategy sites for, for the upcoming webcasts. Uh, I believe the next one is uh, is all about um, leaving money on the table, landing pages, that kind of thing. Um I should point out that I'm on vacation this week, and I just stopped in to say hi to Bruce. So that's because the American Airlines only flies to my office. <laughs> exactly. Well, I was surprised that the the Bruce Clay helicopter picked me up at the airport. I didn't. Uh, I didn't even know you had a helicopter. Uh, I just thought that was very unusual. It is such a well kept secret that they didn't tell me either. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I forgot what the question was, but yeah. Oh, so we're doing a lot of webcasts coming up. Well, uh, and and basically, it's just a series of very tactical stuff on how to do uh, a specific discipline within search. Well, I think that what we're going to be doing, everybody that hasn't attended a search engine strategies really needs to do that. You should listen to the webcast. Certainly, there's a lot going on. Uh, real quick, last question. One of the things that you've really done that I think is different are all these Orion panels. Where'd that idea come from, and how well are they carrying? They, I mean, they seem to be doing well. The, the, the problem is, um, I, well, I guess, yeah, the opportunity uh, is that we, we, we're we reaching out to folks and, and asking not specifically 
I want a series of tactical take takeaways. So this is what I need to go back to my office and do. Um, and one of the things that I thought was always always very important because I, you know, I'm not in the conference business. I was never in the conference business. I served as an advisor over the years for various shows. But uh, we we typically, when in our day to day lives, we have very little time to sit around and think creatively. Uh, that's why I brought Lee Siegel into. Um, San Jose. That's why I brought uh, Chip and Dan Heath into San Jose because they're not typical search people. They're right. They're they're very creative people who can look out uh, at this industry from the outside looking in. Uh, so there's there's not much of opportunity in our day to day lives for uh, to sit around and be creative and think creatively uh, and think strategically. You know, I was amazed at the number of people just generically uh, when I go out and talk to companies uh, about what they're doing and how they're doing things that they their their people don't know the difference between strategy and tactic. Um, and and it's just it's mind boggling to me that you can reach a certain point in your career and still not know the difference between the two. Uh, so the name is Search Engine Strategies, uh, you know, which will be over the course of time be migrating into SES. Um, and and we, we we like to have I wanted to have a little bit more of high level discussion that could then be taken and applied into the day to day tactical sessions that we have. So uh, the Orion sessions are doing very well. Going to mix them in with the keynotes, uh, and and basically what those sessions do is outline the high level thought that can be applied to the day to day tactics that we learn in the regular sessions. And it seems to me that that really uh, addresses well the requirement of key marketing officers, chief marketing officer type people and companies, the people that are responsible for strategy within their business unit, not the guy that's got a edit the title tags and things like that. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy that's got to edit, edit the title tag or the in-house person, that's, that's all they do is, is manage the relationships with 18 vendors across, uh, you know, three different business units. I mean, these aren't large companies. They're mid-sized companies. They're small companies, a lot of them. Uh, and, and they're trying to figure out how to communicate to a CMO. Uh, that, you know, all the CMO knows is that uh, it's, let's do search. It's important. Well, thank you. Thanks a lot, Mr. Wizard. Uh, you know, now how do you explain to that CMO uh, that this fabulous technology that he's built into this homepage is a piece of crap, and, and the search engines look at it and, and walk away from it? Uh, those are the types of things that that's that's a creative thought process and creative execution leads to your ability uh, to be able to explain those kinds of things to those people. I'm really glad to see that at a conference, Kevin. Thanks for swinging by. I'm, I know American Airlines when he flies here. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Bruce Clay. I, I think there's actually now a three-digit airport designation for Bruce Clay. BCI, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so we're going into Bruce Clay International. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's good to be here. And, of course, uh, what I said before of the difference between Simi, Simi, Simi Valley in the summer and New York City in the summer. Uh, in New York, you can fry an egg on the sidewalk. In Simi Valley, you can fry an egg on the sidewalk and eat it, you know, <laughs> which is huge stuff. But thank you for having me. It's time for us to take a break, but stick around. More SEM Synergy is on the way. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Oh, wow. 
wise master. I've climbed up this mountain to seek your wisdom. Yes, how can I help you, my son? I've traveled far to ask why my business isn't growing. You are on top of this mountain when you should be on topnichenetworks.com. But I need answers. You should be on topnichenetworks.com. Specializing in direct marketing and lead generation as well as list management, topnichenetworks.com has exclusives and leading payouts. They welcome new affiliates with hot offers. We don't seem to get the results we need at a price we can afford. Topnichenetworks.com will work on a performance-only basis, so you only pay for results. Topnichenetworks.com has the answers that you've been seeking for making your business a success on a performance-only basis. And that's a good thing, because my butt's falling asleep. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998 and formerly known as Joe Bucks, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Welcome back to our coverage of the 17th Annual Golf Invitational, brought to you by SureHits.com. When looking for the right ad network, there seem to be unlimited choices. Go with the only network that targets the insurance industry, SureHits.com. Let's head down to the fairway. Here we are at the 18th hole. Odd choice for Ken Mitchum to not go to SureHits.com here. I mean, they are the only ad network that targets the insurance industry. Definitely a strange choice to not pick the best option for publishers in the finest category, but, oh, here's a swing. Oh, look out, folks. Terrible slice into the woods. Jeff Burns now stepping up to the fairway. And it looks like he's already chosen SureHits.com. Clearly the best choice since they pay more for quality traffic. And the swing. Oh, my, he crushes it. When getting ready to make your drive, go with a sure thing. SureHits.com. For insurance, it's SureHits. PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our host, David Zatella, and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. PPC Rockstars. Live broadcast Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Susan here with Virginia and back by popular request, Michael Terry. Um, in the last segment, Bruce talked to Kevin Ryan, the director of Search Engine Strategies. And Kevin mentioned that the Orion panels at SES aim to cover high-level strategy rather than tactical operations. So we thought we'd talk about the difference between strategy and tactics and really just kind of present a little bit how you should focus on both and how one feeds into the other. Right. I remember a long time ago reading about the difference between strategy and tactics when I read The Art of War in the Western World, which is a classic, and uh, it talks about strategy as the overall thrust of the campaign. It's uh, how you plan to manage the battle that you're going into and, and possibly in the entire war. Tactics is how you deploy um, individual troops. So 
really this analogy, if we carry it over to any other aspect of life, is just the difference between a goal and the steps that you're going to take to achieve that goal. Um, so macro versus micro. Well, I think I think it's really three steps if you're going to define it like that. It's what your goal is, how you're going to get there, and then the tactics are what you're going to use to implement that goal. So if your goal is raise revenue by 50% year over year, then your strategy is we're going to deploy an internet marketing campaign and we're going to focus on the search engines and we're going to you know, start a display ad campaign and focus it on this particular demographic and whatever. And then your tactics would be SEM, SEO, SMO maybe. So I think that's the three levels really. I see where you're going with that. The thing that I was thinking about was how your strategy has to be pretty specific though, even though it's going to be your like overall guiding theme or whatever. It has to be specific enough so that you can actually do something about it. Like, if your strategy is get more people to buy my stuff, then, I don't know, that, doesn't, that seems like overly general where it won't even help you. Well, that, that's, like I said, that's, your goal is probably pretty general. I mean, it could be very specific. Your, your goal could simply be uh, get newsletter signups to 20 people a day. You know, which is a fairly modest goal, but, you know, it could be that. Mm-hmm. And then how do you achieve that? Well, you have to promote your newsletter and you have to, you know, talk it up and you have to maybe make your sign-up form easier and maybe you need to do some A-B testing to find out where people are going to sign up. But your goal is one thing. Your strategy is, okay, well, we're going to implement things that are going to focus on that and then your tactics are actually the A-B testing. They're the, you know... That's that's kind of where I see the difference anyway. It might the that might not actually be what most people think it is, but that's how I was thinking of it. Well, I think I've heard some good points in that you need to um your strategy needs to be pretty specific. So obviously everybody's goal in a campaign is gonna be ultimately to make money, um, or drive traffic or what have you. So you're gonna have to look at uh, something that's actually achievable. So when you're done you can say I achieve these tactics fairly implemented the strategy. So, for example, you know, I want to increase revenue to this section of my site by 25%, or I want to to have my mailing campaign um, improve leads by a certain percentage, or what have you. So, it has to be measurable, I think. Well, I think that that's a point that you know Bruce likes to make. He, he, I think that a lot of people just jump straight to tactics. We need SEO, but they don't know why they need SEO. They don't know where they're going with SEO. And so, you know, they're doing, like Bruce says, you know, they're shooting the arrow and then painting the target around it. Oh, we increased this. We must be doing well. Well, are you really doing well? Do you have any metrics that are telling you if you're doing well? You know, what, you have to know where you're going before you know if you got there. Right. (laughs) Right? So your strategy is, okay, well, we're going to go here. (laughs) And then, you know, take the steps and you march there and you find out whether or not you fight the battles and find out whether or not you made it. Right. Backtracking for a second, what you you wanted to break it up into three components. What were the three components again? Goals, strategy, and tactics. Right. I think a lot of times, probably the biggest efficiency that I see with clients is the lack of strategy. Really, um, they're pretty sure about this, the the tactics, and so they come to our training, for instance, um, 
they go through the two or three days, and by the time they're done, they have tactics up the wazoo. And, you know, they know how to use the SEO tool set. Um, they know how to run a KDA. Uh, they know that they want to increase rankings and improve traffic, but their and then their goal is obvious. They want to make a lot of money. Um, but in between there is the part where they're a little bit hazy. Right. They're not connecting the dots. They have all these tools and no, you know, nothing to work on. Right. <laughs> you know? It's kind of the opposite problem of if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. It's like you've got a whole tool shed, but you have nothing to build. Right. Right? You're just putting, you know, things together and eventually you'll come up with this strange sculpture that some people will consider art and some people will consider rubbish. That's a good point. And I, I mean, I completely agree. I think that where most people fall down is the strategy element. Right. Um, anyone have any thoughts on types of strategy? I know one that I, that I think is a good one is like educating your consumers. Does that count as a strategy? Um, I think that that's. I don't know. I think it's kind of borderline strategy and tactics. I would think a strategy would be something like, right? Your ultimate goal is winning the war. Your strategy is we're going to send a bunch of troops into Europe, and because you're trying to win the World War II, apparently, <laughs> in my analogy, your tactics are well, we're going to parachute them in, and we're going to have the land forces come in, and there's going to be you know strikes from across the channel, and you know like those are those are your tactics. Your strategy overall is the whole D-Day campaign. Your general goal is liberate Europe. Um, most people, they go from liberate Europe to parachute people in, and then everybody's kind of wandering around lost. Right. Right? Well, I mean, the, I was just trying to come up with the ideas of what are strategies in marketing, you know, and, and to that end, I thought educating consumers about how your product meets their needs is a strategy. Right. Right. Okay, I can I can see that. Okay, but we're out of time. <laughs> of course we are. Um, so there's more SEM synergy on the way, and up next you can hear from us talking about net neutrality. SEM synergy will be right back. Don't go away. SEM synergy will be right back. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan from the Daily Searchcast. You know, we love bringing you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest-growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning. Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart. had been out there with the code of ethics. been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace, you can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Max, with our lean and mean team, how can we manage our publishing needs and still have time to save the planet? No worries, 99. DMX is the premier ad exchange network. They publish ads that circle the globe every day. It's a mission possible. But you know our inventory needs maximum exposure. Would you believe DMX had 10 billion impressions just last month? Their real-time auction-based service gets us the top dollar for our ad space, while their superior service saves us the time we need to save the world. Oh, sorry about that, Chief. But we need creative control and our own third-party networks. 
and who will help manage our relationships. CMX has MediaGuard. We can select our own advertising banning profile so direct media exchange networks know which ad types we don't like. And we look great. And did I mention DMX is free? Looks like working undercover is a thing of the past. Get smart. Get DMX. Making every impression count. When it comes to finding the right customers with the right keywords, all you have to remember is ABC Search. ABC Search is the world's largest privately held pay-per-click network, giving advertisers the best pay-per-click traffic with over 6 billion searches a month and industry-leading protection using ClickShield. Their patent-pending fraud identification software, you can trust ABC Search to deliver the best possible traffic. When thinking about PPC and publisher solutions, all you need to remember is ABC Search. Quality partners, quality search. ABCSearch.com. Stand by for the hook. Hi, this is Katie Kempner. Please join me Tuesdays at the intersection of advertising and PR while I talk with my friends, industry leaders in advertising and marketing about the state of the industry today. The Hook with Katie Kempner. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Jim Hedger and Dave Davies bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Webcology, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Search Engine Marketing Formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and I'm here with Susan and Michael, and we're going to tackle a topic that you've probably heard about if you're in the search industry, but you may not know exactly what it is or why you should care, and that is net neutrality. Um, when I was at SES San Jose last month, you know, Kevin Ryan, during one of his keynotes, uh, keynote introductions, was saying that the conference's least attended panel is pretty much always net neutrality, despite the fact that it has some significant uh, ramifications. Yes, I mean, especially for marketers who are working on sites and presumably want those sites to actually get to their clients, that's um, an interesting thing if eventually webmasters will have to decide whether, how much of their uh, revenue they're willing to spend on just getting their site to people. Before we start like debating this, because um, I know everyone here has their own ideas on whether or not net neutrality legislation would be a good or bad thing, really quick, um, net neutrality is the uh, argument that everything on the web should be treated equally. That's, you know, pages, downloads, emails, and that ISPs shouldn't be able to degrade, slow down, or block them in any way. They should all be given the same priority. Right. On the other side of the issue, there are the ISPs who are saying that they should be able to manage, you know, the content that's on the web because they're the one who provides the infrastructure for it. Um, You know, and they're putting all this money into it. Then they should be able to, you know, give favoritism to their search engines and their sites and their partners because that's what's paying for, you know, the Internet to run in the first place. Right. So and they have a good point because they put a lot of money into their infrastructure and they took a, a big risk, but 
at the same time, it's scary for consumers because we like how the internet is going now, and we like the services, and we like the rapid advance of innovation. But if somebody like a Yahoo or a Google or a Drudge Report can pay an ISP, for instance, to have better response times for their website, or, or take an application that is not just strictly like a, um, a website-based, but you know one of these new web applications that are coming out, somebody get some venture capital and then they pay an ISP to have faster response times on their on their uh, bookmarking site for instance but somebody comes out with a better idea but they don't have the big backing from a venture capitalist we lose that innovation possibly to somebody who wasn't as good whereas right now it's a level playing field yeah yeah i mean there's definitely i mean arguments both ways um well and then the other you know issue that came up recently with was with Comcast they were um blocking torrent seeding which you know i mean torrents are tiny little files but they add up to huge like uh traffic in the end and comcast was like oh this is slowing down our network this is this is costing us a lot of money to do this and so they blocked it right and that's really annoying because there's a false promise i mean when you signed up with comcast you assumed that your traffic would be treated equally I mean, I know I do. Whenever I sign up with an ISP, I think I'm going to be able to do whatever I can on that river of data that's going across the pipes. Exactly. You know, you're paying you're paying for a particular type of service, and I mean, they they have they already have tiers of service. You can pay more to get faster service. You can pay less, and you know, have to wait a little bit longer. But a second level of tiering within <laughs> the what you're already paying for, and now the people who are on the web have to pay the same thing. And, you know, we always talk about, you know, someone like a Google or a Yahoo who can afford it, but what about, you know, most, really most clients that a lot of us are going to run into, especially, you know, if you're a regular SEO, you know, you've got your couple of mom and pop sites that you're working on, how are they going to pay for it? And now you've got the challenge of not only getting them to rank and getting them to be found in the search engines, but also hoping that they are fast enough that when somebody clicks through from Google, the site is going to load on that person's ISP. Now, the thing with this is, I, you know, in looking at this issue, the Comcast and then, like, Verizon, like, with the abortion text messages thing or whatever it was. Um, I don't... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Not familiar with that one, sorry. We'll have to Google it. But um, it doesn't look like the issue right now is that... ISPs are giving preferential treatment to partners. It's like that seems to be one of the concerns of people who think that there isn't, if there isn't net neutrality, then that would follow, right. you know. It's a possibility down the line, and that's what people are afraid of. Although there is some thinking that it's not even going to be possible for a very long time for um, the infrastructure to support that kind of fine grained. Um, ch- uh, network interference um some of the the stuff we're seeing so far is pretty coarse um but then it comes back to another issue which is that it's not even clear that talking about it at this level is very useful because there's several different levels of network neutrality there's the issue of quality of service which is responsiveness um can people pay for more bandwidth and can they pay for better latency and then there's issues such as blocking torrent traffic actually examining the packets that are going over the wires and interfering with them. 
um, and it might be that the answer, the right answer, is different for the different um, the different issues. In fact, there are several different definitions of um, network neutrality. Google has a page that you can go to where they just they give their stance. Um, some people, some famous architects of the internet, in fact, um, Tim Berners-Lee, they're, they're against network neutrality in many cases. Right. Um, people who architected the TC, the guy who invented the TCP protocol, he's against network neutrality. Well, I think regulation. there's co-founders, and Khan is against it, yeah. and then the other guy is for it. So, um, yeah. Well, obviously, Vince Cerf, who works for that's the Google, one. he's for it. Right, he's right. he's absolutely for it. Um, but really, and then the other level of this is do we need legislation on it? And that's really, I think, what a lot of people are fighting over is should we be telling the ISPs that they can't do this? Should we be legislating it at all? Shouldn't we just let free commerce have its way? And I think the one area where I'm pretty convinced that network neutrality should be enforced is uh, in areas where there's only a single broadband provider, like in rural areas. Yeah, yeah, that's... Definitely. If you're without left without a choice, that's right. that's kind of horrible. We are out of time again. <laughs> um, that's it for this week's show. Thanks to Webmaster Radio for producing SEM Synergy. I also want to remind our listeners to send their internet marketing questions, comments, whatever, to Synergy at bruceclay.com. This is Susan asking you to come back next week for more industry insights and experts. You can also visit SEMSynergy.com for info on this week's guests and topics. Thank you for joining us on SEM Synergy.